Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Good morning, or, you know, hello, whenever you're listening to this. But for me, it is currently 7 a.m. on March 4th, And I'm leaving on a train in six hours to begin my travels to Munich, Germany for Munich Jewelry Week. To say I am excited is a bit of an understatement. I'm also exhausted and kind of anxious, but I get like that whenever I go to a conference or any big gathering. I'm sure you all can relate. But, you know, this will all melt away once I'm on the other side of that pond. To those listening who will be in Munich this coming week, I'm excited for you and looking forward to meeting a lot of you. And please, I know it's a hectic week with a lot going on, but if you can try and stop by JV Collective's exhibition, Sirens, New Work by the JV Collective, it is number 21 on the current obsession map. And if you don't know what I mean by saying number 21 on the current obsession map, I'll have a link to www.munichjewelryweek.com in the description of this podcast. And that is your resource for knowing where the galleries are, when the openings are happening, etc. So please check it out. Our opening is on Wednesday from 5 to 9. That's 1700 to 2100. I'll be there with my microphones asking unsuspecting visitors to jump on the mics and talk to me about jewelry. But more importantly, why are they at Munich Jewelry Week? It's a big investment of time and money, and I really want to know why people find it a valuable experience. I'll also be conducting interviews throughout the week in the gallery. You can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Rachel Brown or the podcast at Perceived Value to know when a good time is to stop by and have your chance to be on the podcast. Oh, and if you're already following me or the JV Collective, you've probably seen the sneak peeks of the commemorative enamel pin set that we designed especially for Munich Jewelry Week. They are pretty cool, if I do say so myself. And for 20 euro, you can have this two pin set. For those staying stateside, don't worry. I'm sure we'll have some leftover and we can bring those back to you. The JV has got some things up our sleeves for the coming months, so stay tuned. Today's episode will have to hold you over until late March, but don't worry, the wait will be worth it. I'll be rolling out some killer interviews from my experience during Munich Jewelry Week. So on today's episode, I sat down with an artist I befriended since moving to Philadelphia. I was aware of who she was. We have a ton of common friends, but we just hadn't connected somehow. And let me tell you, I'm pretty excited that we have. The first time we had dinner together, it kind of felt like a first date that I just really didn't want to screw up because, you know, she's cool and 
just really wanted to be your friend. Marion Dages, she is a printmaker, a bookbinder, a photographer, a lover of all things Rocky, which I completely relate to. And she's also a member of Napoleon, which is a member-based gallery located in the heart of Philadelphia. So I sat down with Marianne to learn more about how she came to be in Philadelphia and what her experience has been like for the past four years as a member of a collective whose members share the financial and managerial responsibilities of running a gallery. It's a long interview, folks, but it's really good. So go ahead, break it up if you have to. It's got to hold you over for the next three weeks. So please welcome... Marion Dages. Pictures. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I turned. <laughs> I turned my phone on because you were. I was like, call me or text me, and I do this thing because you can't get in the building otherwise. How'd you get in the building? I just snuck behind some people. <laughs> I feel like every time I do that, like. I'm going to be the person, like, I'm going to let somebody in and then there's going to be, like, an image of them from a camera being like, (laughs) do you recognize this person? They just, like, robbed everybody in the box. And I'll be like, I'm the one that let them in. Because they do say, like... Yeah. But, like, who... It's just common courtesy. Like, who's going to, like, make the person stand outside in the cold? I know. I feel super... Like, in my studio, I have the same feeling. I'm like... Yeah, like... You want to know what I do? I... I literally go out the back door to avoid that circumstance. To avoid that situation? Yeah, that's how much of a coward I am. Because I just don't want to offend anybody, but I also want a clear conscience on my hands. Um, It's all really ridiculous. So, Marianne. Hi. (laughs) Hey. I'm happy you snuck into my building. It made it easier on me. That's good. I didn't have to walk the extra, like, what, 50 feet to come get you. Um, Thanks for coming and talking to me today yeah thank you yeah I'm excited to do this um you're one of my new friends mm-hmm. uh hey making friends in your 30s <laughs> that's that's no easy task so I'm pretty excited about it um but it's really funny it's because it's like I met you but I already felt like I kind of knew you right we've both been through the same fellowship which I makes it feels like you're in this like weird family yeah. Almost. We're both ex-core fellows. Right. We both have a similar experience and know a lot of mutual people. Yeah. You could say Big John and you're going to be like, oh, Big yeah. John. <laughs> like like yeah. you know who that is and why he's such an amazing human. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting here with Marion Dages in Philadelphia where we both live. Um, you've been in Philly a while, right? Uh, yeah. Since 2000. Um, yeah, I've lived here since 2000, except for the two years that I was in North Carolina for the core fellowship program. Wow. Okay. So you've been here a while. Yeah. I'm coming up on two years come August (laughs) and you're coming up on like 18, 19. I know. It's really weird. (laughs) But you, you're not from Philadelphia. So where are you from? Um, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, which is it's just about 30, 40 minutes away. So. Oh, yeah. It's really close. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly after I moved here, I went down to D.C. with some friends. And my friend Ezra was like, oh, Delaware. <laughs> Can't believe we even have to drive through the state. 
was like, what's wrong with Delaware? It's actually really beautiful. There's there's really nice parks and beaches and yeah yeah it seemed nice i didn't get out of the car but like whatever but yeah it's also just like i-95 like whoa what is this and then you're just gone yeah you're in and out of delaware really quick it's like i barely even felt like i was there Mm -hmm. but i get to scratch it off as another state i've been in so nice Um, okay, so you grew up in Delaware. Yep. What, did you go to school in Delaware? Is there any universities in Delaware? Not the sound. Uh, there's the University of Delaware. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but um, no, I didn't go to I didn't go to college in Delaware. I went to school in um, Philadelphia at the University of the Arts. Oh, okay. And that's what I moved here in 2004 to go to school. Okay, yeah, because I was yeah. like, you're not that old. Like, <laughs> you've right. been here for so long. Um, okay, yeah. University of the Arts. Mm-hmm. I've been there. It's yeah. got a good reputation. What'd you study? Uh, photography. Oh, I did not realize that about you. Yeah. Because you're a printmaker. Mm-hmm. I guess we didn't even say that. I'm talking to Marian Dages. She's a printmaker, <laughs> predominantly, but also apparently a photographer. Um. So did you do the thing where you started out as a photographer, then switched, or did you actually graduate with a photography degree? Um, I, I graduated with a with a photo degree, um, and I went to school knowing that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I had, there was a really good darkroom uh, program in my high school, and I got really into it, and so um, I wanted to study photography. I wanted to be a street photographer and and take pictures like the kind of 70s guys like William Eggleston and um going a little bit further back Walker Evans was they were favorites of mine who did a lot of architectural photography and um but it wasn't until after school that I got into letterpress or books oh I think I took one bookbinding class when I was in undergrad and yeah didn't even really like it or take it seriously <laughs> to be honest it's one of those things because you have to get like other credits in different mediums mm-hmm. is that the thing okay yeah so you're like let's just get through this yeah I know yeah I was trying out like I was trying out fibers classes and and printmaking classes and other things um and yeah bookbinding was one of the things I tried out hmm. but that is still something I've never tried out. I had many options to take it at Penland, and I was like, I, just, I don't know. Like, it just yeah. didn't ever call to me. <laughs> so, so you graduate. Did you graduate in four years? Mm-hmm. Um, when I went and spoke at UArts last year, I asked them how much tuition was, and mm. it was a lot higher than I thought it would. They were going to say, <laughs> "Oh, what is it now?" It was like twenty-eight or something thousand a year. I don't know. It was something a lot higher than I expected. Um, but they also said that that had like definitely gone up in the past recent years, like Mm -hmm. substantially. Um, do you remember how much you paid for school or? I want to say it was, I want to say it was like 17,000 a year. Um, but I had a presidential scholarship, <laughs> oh. <laughs> whatever that was or what that meant. Um, but it was a half tuition off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Did you pay for the other half yourself or did your parents help you? Uh, my parents helped me. Um, so the deal was uh, they helped me with tuition and um, with the cost of housing and 
you know, food, supplies, everything. But every semester I took out the maximum amount of federal loans Mm. that was allowed. Um, So after four years, I ended up with, um, I think it was right around 20,000 in in loans. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were like, okay, we're going to help you. We're going to you know, pay for or help you know, pay for the tuition and, and all the other kind of side costs. But you're going to have these loans and you're going to be responsible for that after school. Well, that's not bad to walk away with a four year degree from there for 20,000. No, I think yeah. I thought that was very reasonable and yeah. very generous of them. Totally. Or have you paid that off since it's been, when did you graduate college? So I graduated in 2004. That's um, the year I graduated high school. Hey. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, it took like, it took like 10 years. Okay. But I, I did. Yeah. It's gone. It's nice. finally gone. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. I when I paid off the rest of my like student loan, I still have that receipt. Like I kept the last one. It's like balance due zero. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> like it's a real feeling when you finally are like, oh my god, I'm close, I'm close. Like I just started throwing money at it as much as I could, and yeah, to just pay it off. Yeah, yeah, I could see how towards the end you'd be like, all right, now I'm gonna like really buckle down and pay it. In the beginning, it just seems like so much that it's like, why even bother? Here's forty dollars a month, but. Um, I could see how towards the end you'd be like, here's 200. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I did that for years. I would just pay the, the regular, you know, minimum payment, Mm -hmm. um, which allowed me a lot of flexibility in in my life. Yeah. Yeah. But once, yeah, after a while, I was like, okay, let's, let's take care of this. Yeah. (laughs) So when you graduated, did you stay in Philadelphia? Uh, yeah, I stayed in Philadelphia for, a few years um, and I just worked. I worked in retail. Um, I worked at a bead store actually. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about those on here. You were yeah, the cool. I remember sh- that. <laughs> yeah, you were the cool girl at the bead shop. <laughs> it was great. It was really fun. Um, I, yeah, while I was in school, I worked at a photo store and then afterwards, or no, I think it was also during school. Um, I just, I walked down to South Street, which is a kind of commercial little district in Philadelphia with a lot of shops. And a Um, lot of character. And a lot of character. Yeah. I don't know how you'd describe it. It's like... It kind of reminds me of like Melrose in LA, if anybody's ever been there. Same thing, like a bunch of like boutique shops and just like every kind of character you can imagine. Yeah. Teenagers hanging out, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, it's like kind of punk rock, kind of hippie, kind of weirdo central stores. Yeah, weirdo central. Yeah. But I just walked in and and applied for a job and and got it. And um, it was a really fun job because it was kind of got to be creative. Mm -hmm. Part of it was making jewelry, repairing jewelry and helping people design things and also teaching classes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But you graduated with a different photography degree so when you yeah. graduated you were you trying to get a job in the degree that you had just like gotten or are you like I no don't know. yeah <laughs> I quickly realized um that I love photography and I still do and I still think about it a lot and really appreciate kind of what it taught me as far as looking and seeing and composing um but I 
I liked doing photography that was a very solitary kind of thing. It was walking around with my camera and mm-hmm. taking pictures. Um, and I didn't want to do wedding photography. I didn't want to do product photography. Like those things just didn't interest me at all. And I wasn't very good at them either. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually, so I pretty much spent a few years being like, huh, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah and just having a day job and working um then I kind of got into this other day job which was working as a um office manager for a couple of lawyers weird yeah was that good job it was good I worked three days a week um it paid extremely well it was before the the sort of economic recession oh yeah um so I had a lot of time on my hands and I still was taking photos yeah did you Um, exhibit work in those years like did you pursue it artistically still yeah I did yeah um I was doing kind of like coffee shop shows and yeah and things like that but yeah and and some and juried exhibitions things like that but I was definitely still exhibiting did in school did they ever because I feel like photography there's very clear ways to make a living with it Mm -hmm. you know it's just like every wedding needs a photographer people need photos in their lives Um, Did they ever talk to you about that? Like, hey, you're not going to be, forgive me, this is the only photographer I know to say this, like Ansel Adams. I mean, my my uncle (laughs) had him everywhere in his house, so that's my only example to think of. But maybe you're not going to be Ansel Adams. How do you feel about wedding photography? Yeah. Like, did you get that talk? Well, yeah, we we had one professional practices class. Oh, okay, good. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of went over you know, how to build portfolio, um, how to advertise yourself. Um, but I went to school at a really weird time for photography and also the larger transition to everything online. Yeah. Cause were you right on the cusp of digital? Mm -hmm. Oh, weird. So yeah, we had a digital photo class, but it was, you know, everything was still film cameras and you were scanning film and, um, I remember there was also like a really big fear about like, don't put your photos online. They're going to be stolen, which is so. Oh man. That, I remember that. Yeah. I mean, I remember that when I wouldn't buy anything online, my grandpa was like, don't you dare shop online mm-hmm. <laughs> and put your credit card on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was a kind of like, I mean, it, everyone had the best intentions, but it was still like postcards, mailing lists, you know, yeah, um, things that were just about to not be as consequential anymore. Yeah. I can imagine a lot of your education photography is just, it's technical, right? Mm-hmm. My yeah. friend, my friend still Lexi Luter. Hi, her photography is amazing. Um, she still shoots all film and um, depending on where she lives, has a dark room in her bathtub or whatever. And just seeing the amount of equipment she has and the chemicals, it's so heavily technically based. Um, I find it really impressive. Yeah. And I, I really love that part of it. I like the the dark room and the chemistry kind of aspect of it. And, um, and a lot of, a lot of people kind of dropped off right after school, um, because it's so difficult to set up your own dark room. It's daunting and you have to have space for it. Um, I was lucky enough to, um, I still had kind of one foot in in the door at the university because Mm -hmm. I was first a teaching assistant and then later teaching for their pre-college program. 
which is for high school students. Um, So I had a like staff faculty card um, and I just made myself very at home. (laughs) I just still would show up in a dark room and just be like, hey, I'm I'm going to be printing for the next five hours. You're like, I'm on staff, whatever. You got to use those fringe benefits when you can. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's funny. I, I forget about that because, yeah, a photographer, like metalsmiths, you graduate, setting up a shop is a really big deal, and it's the same thing. Now people are just throwing stuff away. I think my friend Lexi found an enlarger on the street. Oh, yeah. Like, at an institution, which I will not name, they have, like, all their photography stuff just sitting up in the attic, and they're like, well, anybody want it? It's just sitting there. They don't even offer classes in it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of schools um, have done away with their darkroom programs. Yeah, it's a little sad. It's just computer labs. <laughs> and I get that, and it makes sense because it's such a valued skill now, but it makes you a little sad that it's going away. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, oh my God, digital has made so many things way easier. Like, I still yeah. use a lot of the things I learned to document my work, mm-hmm. and it's a hundred times easier than taking slides. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no one ever wants to do that again. But there's really, there's certain things that you can only do darkroom-wise, like messing with chemistry to do unusual effects and yeah so it's i think it's always going to be around there's always going to be the dan esther rooks yeah, in the world exactly yeah um okay so you graduate you're mm-hmm. living your life you're working on south street which i love yeah <laughs> um what happens after that like where did you go from there so um i was kind of yeah, so I had I had I was okay financially. I had jobs um, that were paying the rent, and I think it was um, two thousand six. So two years later, um, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, <laughs> and I wanted I was really interested in um, the idea of making um, photo books because I'd always loved. Um, photo books yeah like like the coffee table books yeah or? like coffee okay. table books you know um and so I looked at the Penland catalog I'd been there once before okay did um, you learn about Penland at UARDS or how did you learn about yeah Penland? I oh, did cool. um one of the photo teachers um in my program was Alida Fish oh yeah. yeah oh that's how you say her name yeah I was saying Alita <laughs> she was on the board when I lived there so yeah. that's okay how, say her name one more time Alida Alida wow would have never gotten there okay continue yeah <laughs> and um she was yeah so she was a really great teacher and um really generous person and and she took me to be her assistant in 2004 um in a photo class. Oh, cool. So I knew I'd been there before. I had a really great experience. Um, and I was like, I think I want to take a book class. I want to learn how to make books. Um, so I signed up for a concentration, which is an eight week class at Penland, um, with Jim Croft and Sean Leno. And it was a very technical, like historical binding class. Oh, wow. Um, the perfect class for someone like you to dip your toe in yeah (laughs) well it was funny because it was like all right quickly realized like this is not what you would 
yeah it's not gonna not gonna be making coffee table books or like modern bindings but i really really loved it oh good i just loved it i love the binding um the technicality of it and the pre- the precision mm-hmm. um and i also i think we also yeah we did paper making as well oh cool which was really intriguing um and so i kind of realized i was like yeah i i want to learn more skills um i graduated but i and i'd also i had applied to grad programs okay um but i I'd gotten into, I gotten into one, um, I got into Cranbrook, but I didn't go. Wow. You got into Cranbrook. Yeah. Why didn't you go? I, well, um, two things (laughs) I financially, yeah. Like I was like, wow, this is just going to be a bomb, Mm -hmm. you know, cause they, they offered me a little bit of funding, but not very much. Yeah. Um, and two, I, I went there and I realized that it was a very independent program. Like you're, there's no classes really. You're just working. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's my understanding is you don't really take any classes. You're just in your studio mm-hmm. and um, you meet once a week and kind of discuss and do critiques and readings and things. But no one's really giving you demos very much. Or if, or if it is, it's kind of more informal. Um, and I just, I just had a gut feeling of like, I'm not ready for this. I would totally crash and burn in this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I decided not to do it. Which um, is just as hard as saying yes to any, you know, like knowing that and listening to your gut, I think is such a valuable skill. Yeah. 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 It was, and I'm glad. I'm like, I don't know. I, I think it would have been, I don't know where I would, what, what I'd be doing, but I don't think that was my future photography. Yeah. Um, actually, the craziest thing happened while I was there. I was in the same room as Mike Rossi. Oh. My oh. partner. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, hey, Mike Rossi. Um, <laughs> Mike Rossi is this amazing, wonderful human who's a blacksmith. And I met him at Penland. He taught, like, concentration and then another two-week class. So I felt like He's I got... a lot. He was there so much while yeah. I was a core fellow. And I felt like I got to know him pretty well. I was like... I like Mike so much and I kept hearing about this amazing partner he has <laughs> but like never meeting you um yeah the minute you said you got into Cranbooker and I was like oh that's funny because I think her partner went there oh mm-hmm. uh, so did you guys actually meet then or were you just like in the same room no I just I, I, I there was a friend a mutual friend of ours that I was like hey Chrissy um who's that hottie in the corner <laughs> and then she just had a couple of dudes helping her set up her exhibition yeah and later, we just had this conversation, and it was like, uh, that was me. That is <laughs> like, I was hilarious. one of those dudes. Because you guys have been together quite a while, right? Like, how long have you guys have been together? Um, I think over 10 years. Holy crap. Yeah. How long did it take you to figure that one out? <laughs> like a couple of years. That's hilarious. Yeah. Cool. Super weird. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, I took a, a Penland class, and I came back, and I think I... I started making books like I just kind of started making them and like doing craft fairs and things and then I I got a job assisting a um, letterpress printer 
who did a lot of wedding work and things like that. Um, did you get the job because you had your new book skills or? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, nice. Yeah, because she also would do albums and things like that. So oh, I would help cool. her with binding and also um, help operate the press. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing that part-time. And then I took another pendling concentration. Those are expensive. How are you doing that? <laughs> well, I did work study. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you saved for your part of the work study and then you did work study. Yeah. And at yeah. this point, it was um, I had this that job with... The lawyers. The lawyers. Oh, yeah. Cush job. It was just, yeah, it was crazy. Like, my cost of living was super low. Yeah. Um, And I just was able to save money and and do these things. Yeah. That's awesome. I was just curious. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So you take another concentration. Yeah, I take another concentration. <laughs> wow. What was that one in? Um, that was um, in the Letterpress studio, and it was with Eileen Wallace. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and it was a, um, oh, I'm, it was books and letterpress. Yeah, it was, so it was book structures and letterpress printing. And it was so great. It was just a huge overview of how to make any kind of book. Yeah. Um, and also letterpress printing. Yeah. So how to create content, which is something I hadn't really, yeah, thought about. Yeah. And you just kind of fell in love with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aw, love at first press. Yeah. <laughs> like what I did there. So, okay, cool. So then you go back to Philly. Mm-hmm. And you got your job. Yep. And, oh, but while I was there, I applied for the court program. Oh, that's when you applied. I was yeah. like, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's that weird thing. So then was it fall concentration? Yeah. Oh, okay. So applications roll in in the fall and it's a little weird if someone applies and they're on campus right <laughs> you're all kind of like okay they applied play it cool like don't give anything away yeah um oh wow that's funny yeah so right i was i had like a two month long interview because <laughs> i was actually there it's i mean honestly i think it is a little bit harder for you guys because everybody else you know the core fellows help choose and you don't really get the personalities through the whatever but you're just like on display and they're like well they're a little crazy mm -hmm. or oh they're always late to their dish like right. dishes <laughs> shift like we don't want them um well you obviously made a good impression yeah so i got in um and i found out i remember finding out and i think it was november and, and yeah. then moving up yeah, you find out it's typically like right around Thanksgiving, like before they try to do it before so you can share with your families or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you move in. I think the new core fellows actually moved in today or tomorrow. It's like the last week oh, wow. of February. I Yeah, it's like ingrained in my mind. Like Plus, you see on social media, like it's it happens so quickly the turnover it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like all these like i'm leaving and i'm gonna miss it here and all these like heartful photos together and you know it's really hard to say goodbye and then it's like three like five days later it's like welcome yeah. new beginnings <laughs> da, 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 da. you know you kind of have to like push your heartbreak aside and just lean into it mm -hmm. um so you got the core mm -hmm. how was that so that was the next two years. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was, it was amazing. It was also extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. 
I realized I had been having these like two week and two month um, experiences at Penland. And then it was like, oh, I live here now. It's a marathon. And it was, it was, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. It's a very different, and it's hard to like, I feel sometimes kind of like, oh, poor me. I got to do the core fellowship and it was so hard, but it, it does. It pushes you mentally, even physically. <laughs> like, um, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done and I'm thankful for it. But there was moments when I was in it that I just wanted to leave and I yeah. hated everything about it. Yeah. I had those moments and I was, I just, I realized like I'm, I'm introverted and, yeah. um, I'm, I felt like I had a very hard time creating while being watched, kind of. I don't know if that makes sense. but like, um, No, it does. I relate to you 100% on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like people kind of being like, what are you up to? What's what's your next thing? Or um, mm-hmm. It was really difficult for me because I kind of like to make my mistakes in private. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the hardest thing overall about it is that you are on display. Yeah. You have zero privacy. I hated, did you ever get, like, I didn't hate it. I did hate it, but there were certain parts where I loved, like, certain instructors the first day would be like, do I have any core fellows in the class? And you'd be like, hello. <laughs> like, no, I can't hide. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was yeah. difficult. So, I mean, I, I learned so much, and I I just kept developing skills, which is what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was like... It was, whew, it was exhausting. <laughs> I'm a little jealous of your years because mine, Instagram wasn't as big, but like social media, I feel like, I just felt like I was always like, everything I was doing, the mistakes and everything was just mm-hmm. like out there. Um, and I think the hardest part about that is everybody expected you to be this like rock star artist because right. you were a core fellow. But for me, like that was some of the first classes I'd ever taken so I I didn't really make any like super incredible groundbreaking work. Um, and some people do. Some people will just walk in there and just like kill it and are total rock stars. But I was not that person. No, no. And I was I was extremely stubborn also. Like, um, you know, Leslie, who's kind of the core mentor person. Core or, mama. Core mama. Mother yeah. hen. Um, she'd be like, you know, why don't you like think about content and and I was like I was in this really stubborn mode of like no I'm just making blank books and everything that people were telling me like it took me years to process and I was yeah. like I just wasn't ready yet so but it's like now I'm like yes yep yep you were right <laughs> like, yeah so looking sorry. back on it like oh yep should have taken your advice uh-huh. but sorry um that's okay yeah yeah it's interesting because you do seem I, I know you're introverted. Like, I get that vibe from you. But, I mean, like, we went to dinner, and I was like, oh, my God, you're hilarious and <laughs> total dork, and we both love Rocky mm-hmm. I, <laughs> and all these things about you. But I can only imagine seeing you in that. I can't imagine you at a Penland party, like, dressed up and going wild. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I'm I had sure Jason Burnett, so he was, like, my extrovert twin oh my god to like bring out <laughs> the yeah. party side of me so a couple episodes back you can listen jason burnett was on mm-hmm. here and marion and him had a job which was um they were event coordinators party planners yep is that what your official title was i can't remember uh i think it was event something yeah 
But you guys um, are notorious yeah. for the parties. <laughs> <laughs> you are the perfect yin and yang. Oh my God. Um, there is one that I've heard about over and over was your wedding. Like you and oh, Jason yeah. faked a wedding. And people thought we were married for years. Wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Was the party like you You did a wedding and then the the Saturday night Penland party was your reception for it or something, right? Yeah, we did a reception in the, the dining hall. Oh my God. Um, Like a buffet. And we had speeches. So like, another student pretended to be our uncle and gave a slightly drunken speech and there was a maid of honor and like we did basically like dinner theater to a lot of confused people (laughs) and then went up on the knoll and took like wedding photos yeah wow the whole nine yards and the only thing i think about that is like I was so exhausted and had no time for anything like i didn't even have time to do my laundry but you guys went above and beyond like what your job description was. <laughs> like I've seen party planners at Penland that are like, here's some balloons and some streamers. Here's some music, dance and have a party. But you guys like, and you did an Andy Warhol one, which oh, I heard yeah. about, which was there something where you did like, you put sugar out like it was cocaine and like made fake. There was a pixie stick, like cocaine. <laughs> lounge <laughs> like you recreated Andy Warhol <laughs> yeah you totally got in trouble for that um, but you recreated like Andy Warhol's factory yeah oh my god I've never seen photos of that party like that kind of makes me sad because I feel like it was before everybody had their cell phones so that's true right there's a lot yeah. of silver <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of silver in there yeah. um you're incredible <laughs> it was fun um okay so you're at Penland you're learning all these new skills Ain't that where you met Mike Rossi yeah. officially? Yeah, Aww. so I met him the um, the session before I was a core student. Yeah. And he, um, he ended up moving up like shortly after I moved there because mm. he just ended up like a job ended. And he's like, hey, guess what? I'm moving to North Carolina. <laughs> There's a lot of people that like artists that just are like, well, I got nothing better to do. I guess I'm going to move near Penland. <laughs> it's kind of funny how often it happens. But, so it's like, all right, I guess we're uh, in a relationship <laughs> for real. <Yeah. laughs> Man, a lot of people fall in love at Penland. It's yeah. kind of nuts how many like what marriages and babies have been made on that mountain. <laughs> it's true. It's the magic mountain. It is the magic mountain. <laughs> um, so what did you do after Penland? Um, so after we kind of, so we were like, okay, what do we want to do? And we both wanted to move um, to a city. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of done with rural living for a while. And the two choices were basically Chicago or Philadelphia. Um, and Philadelphia, I was like, I'm really familiar with it. So it kind of seemed like it'd be an easy transition. Yeah. Because we are kind of broke at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, we just looked for an apartment and, and moved up. Wow. Yeah. Um, so a big part of, so you get to Philadelphia and you're reestablishing yourself here. Um, a big part of what I wanted to talk to you about is what you've been doing in Philly the past four years, mm-hmm. um, which I'll let you like give your whole spiel, but it, it's the Napoleon Gallery, right? right yeah. Um, which is a collective gallery space. Mm-hmm. 
So you moved back from Penland. Did you start work? Were you? Did you get your job back with your lawyers, or had they moved on? Oh, they they moved on. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> the cash cow has left yeah. the building. What job did you get when you got back here? Um, so it took a little while um, to get a job. I was like kind of getting freaked out. Oh, I feel you. That was me last year. Oh, scary. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was just like, I was applying to everything, like Starbucks and you know, and retail chains and things like that. Um, but nothing was happening. <laughs> well, it's so saturated here. It's funny. In my mind, I was like, there's so many schools and so many artists. It'll be easy to get a job. But that kind of is the thing. There are so many schools, which means yeah. there's so many students that are just hungry and they will take whatever job they can get and whatever internship. So I feel like the job market here in some ways, like beginning level is really saturated. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, mm -hmm. so I ended, it was a, a really good friend from college that um, got me a job at an auction house. And I have worked there on and off for like until today. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You still have that same job. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And what do you do at the auction house? I think it's really cool that you work there. <laughs> Like I imagine you just in this room filled with like all these like gilded objects and diamonds dripping from the ceiling. Oh, there is a room like that, the safe on the fifth floor. Wow. <laughs> there's a lot of diamonds. Yeah, oh my god! Oh wait, I mean, no, there's nothing up there. <laughs> there's nothing there. I'm not giving you any more details. Um, but um, I work on the f on the accounting floor. Oh, not as glamorous. No, <laughs> it's actually like kind of a pretty room like I, I have a window and it's an old building it was built to be um the auction house oh okay yeah um so it's really funky and quirky and I, I yeah I do accounts payable stuff I write I cut checks and pay invoices oh my god I bet you get to write like checks I'll never get to write in my life oh big money wow <laughs> yeah. I once wrote a check for like $3,000 and I was like, Bala, <laughs> like that's not, it's not real. Now I'm broke. Um, cool. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's fun. And I've kind of moved around at that auction house and done a whole bunch of different things. Like I started out just being an exhibitions helper and just kind of being like, may I help you? Here's a catalog. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's been really great because um, they're flexible. I work there part-time. I work there four days a week. Oh, wow. Um, and they have been very, very understanding about me leaving to do teaching things and, yeah. um, and give, getting time off. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I have to say, I have a new job with this, this company in town, Barry O'Neill. And I mean, it's like my dream job here. I'm so happy. And I can't get used to the fact that they're okay with me taking time off. Yeah. Because I've worked for so many people, like small businesses, especially like if you work for an artist or a small business and you leave, they're going to be like, well, we got to fill your space. Mm -hmm. um, right. So I have all this anxiety when I ask for time off and they're like, oh yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's special. It's still scary every time, but it's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. Ooh. Like every time, like you're gonna fire me. I gotta leave again. Yeah. Um. But no. Like I think it's important to have an employer that remembers that you have a life outside of their business. Yeah. 
Yeah, because so, um, right, I'm a, I'm a letterpress printer. I make artist books and I'm a yeah. member of this collective gallery um, or was <laughs> until very recently. Um, uh, but we'll talk about that too. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I make a little bit of money from making artist books and doing letterpress, but mm-hmm. not enough to pay rent yeah (laughs) so yeah it's important for me to have a day job too yeah that's cool that you can sustain yourself off of four days a week yeah is that is your cost of living just super low here still like your rent okay yeah Yeah, we so mike and i live in a a one-bedroom um apartment we rent and i have a studio also um but part of that is that i never went to grad school so i don't have oh yeah loans um so yeah that's then we live very cheaply yeah yeah you want to know what i just noticed what i plugged my computer in but apparently that plug is not plugged into another plug so i'm gonna i'm gonna just step away for a okay. minute mary and i'm still here with you people were still here but uh if my computer dies then then the show is over oh okay power yeah. power check um don't mind me <laughs> I think this outlet works. Oh yeah, look yeah. at that. Oh, I got juice. We're all good. Nice. Okay, I'm back. Hello. Um. Whew. All right. So <laughs> a little faulty. I was like, huh, that's weird. My computer is <laughs> getting lower and lower, and yet it's supposed to be charging. Um. So the Napoleon Gal. Is it just? Do you guys just call it the Napoleon? Is it Napoleon Gallery Collective? It's Napoleon. It's just Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Just, that's all you need. Just one name. Just like Prince. Okay. <laughs> just like Prince. Good way to put it. Um, so, how did you come to be uh, associated with Napoleon? Uh, so, I had um, a couple of friends that when I moved back. Um, so, oh God, I realize my work history is so scattered. Um, but, but I hear you, sister. <laughs> I did leave the auction house for <laughs> two years um, to work at University of Pennsylvania as um, a letterpress, like studio tech coordinator. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really fun. And I, I made a lot of um, art friends there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it was kind of like a slow building back up. Like I left for two yeah. years and I was like, kind of had to start all over again as far as social circles. It's hard. I mean, I'm in the midst of it right now. Yeah. It's like breaking in is difficult. Yeah. People got their lives. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that was kind of a, a big step for making art friends. Yeah. Um, and um, one of the people that worked there, Mark Bloomsall, um, was a member of the collective um, and I had other friends that I'd heard about it from, and I started going to openings, and um, there, it's, a, it's a 10-member collective. Okay. Um, and they had somebody that had recently left, and he just said, hey, would you be interested um, in being a member? And... Um, and so, you know, nothing guaranteed. Like, it's all going to be voted on. Oh, okay. But... I was like, crazy jury process you got there. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but would you be interested? Like, would yeah. you say yes if, you know, we were like, would you, if we chose you? Yeah. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, 
uh, I guess they had their <laughs> their meeting yeah. and I was picked as a new member. Um, and so that's how I got in. It was kind of, yeah, just kind from of just friends. Like, yeah, kind of out of nowhere, kind of. Mm-hmm. So I got to come to to see the space, which was really cool. It was my first Friday experience in Philadelphia, which is kind of pathetic because A, I'm an artist and B, I've been here a year and a half, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, but I I dragged some friends along with me and they're like, oh, the Vox Populi building. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but here's the address. Um, and first of all, a few things, that staircase is terrifying. Oh yeah. Because I'm scared of heights and there's so many people on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get up to your gallery space and I was blown away by the building. Like the whole floor had openings. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, and it was cool. Like one room had a DJ. I I don't know. It was, I was completely overwhelmed. Um, and it was really cool to see your space. You had a solo show. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what was the name of your show? Uh, into the valley into the valley i just took it down yesterday i was gonna say i was like oh yes <laughs> listeners probably should have like done this like a month ago whatever <laughs> um yeah it was cool to see your work and like see you in that space so what is so you get in so what is it to mean to be in napoleon like what do you do so it's, it's run by all artists and also curators um And what you do is basically um, each member gets a month that they have to program. So is there, oh, there's 10 members though. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, so there's 10 uh, member months and then there's a open call. um, And then in December, because it's kind of a short month because everyone leaves to go on vacation, um, there's, we just kind of come up with something. It's usually something performative, one night only. Oh, okay. Um, and we, yeah, come up with Keep ideas chill. together. Keep yeah. The holidays chill. ruins December every year. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, it's an exhibition space. Um, it was a space that was created, um, by a woman named Leslie Friedman when she had recently graduated from an MFA print program, um, because her and, um, and other recent grads were just looking for a place to exhibit. I love that. Yeah. And like having troubles, they're like, well, let's start a gallery. Yeah. Yeah. Create your own opportunity. And this building, the, it's called the Vox building, um, by most people. Um, it's at 319 North 11th street. It's really unique because it's an old factory building. And um, on the third floor is Vox Populi, which is a pretty established uh, collective gallery as well. Mm-hmm. But they've been around for a long time and they're a nonprofit and they actually have like real staff. And then oh, okay. on the second floor is a bunch of little collective galleries like Napoleon, which are just run by groups of people who um, who are just kind of doing it. Yeah, maybe some of them are like their studio spaces that they function as a gallery as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah, some of them are. Mm-hmm. Do people live in that building? Um, they used to, but I not anymore, I don't think. So there was uh, there was an L&I shutdown for a while. What's an L&I? License and inspections. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so in the summer, there was a small fire. Mm. 
Um, fire department came, licenses and inspections came, and they're like, hey, this is not up to code. <laughs> of course not. We're artists. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. And the building got shut down for like six months. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So um, it recently reopened. It was in December that finally everything got back up to code and reopened and repainted and shiny. Um, Why and- was closed? Did you guys have to pay rent or were they really, no. like, we're just shut down? Yeah. It was oh, just okay. Shut down. I mean, still bummer, but like at least you weren't having to pay to keep your space or whatever. Yeah. And we ended up doing a lot of pop-up shows all around because oh. we had things scheduled. So we're like, well, what do we do? And and kind of just found um, alternative spaces. Um, a lot of people really generously offered up their spaces because they'd heard about the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see that community. Yeah. Cool. So, so there's 10 of you. Um, you get juried in, of course. Mm-hmm. Now that you've been on the other side of it, is it kind of like, oh, we think their work is nice and they're a nice person? Or like, what kind of process do you do to kind of vet people? It's it's basically exactly that. It's like, <laughs> she's cute. Is okay. your work good? <laughs> and are you not crazy? <laughs> Both things that I think are very valid. Yeah. <laughs> Can you work well with others? Yeah. Um, actually, for the first time... Um, and it's, I, I think it's going to be closing pretty soon, but it's still open. They're doing an open call. Oh, okay. Because like the, the advantage of doing a, you just recommend your friends kind of thing is that you know the people. Yeah, you can vouch for them. You can vouch for them. Um, you know their personalities, but it also sort of fosters like a, a very closed group. It's yeah. always friends of friends. Um so we felt like, you know, we want to see what's out there and, and see if there's people that maybe we don't know about yeah. um, and kind of breathe some new life into it. I think that's a really great idea. Yeah. Um, and so this is the first time you've kind of approached it like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Not to be negative. Um, so what are, do you have membership fees? Like how do you guys pay your rent? Uh, yes. So the, the gallery's rent is, um, like a little bit under $400 a month. And how should we say it? How big is it? It's not that big. It's not very big. I mean, 10 people in that room and you feel it crowded. Yeah. With the work, you know. I think it's like 250 square feet. Yeah. And the gallery got its name, Napoleon, because it was a small gallery. Oh. Napoleon was a small man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, right. So the, the rent's around 400 um, and each member pays, um, right now it's $45 a month in okay. dues. So that covers the rent. Um, and a little bit gets saved kind of every month. Um, and that can be used for paint or sometimes... Um, a group exhibition comes up mm-hmm. and we can pay for our shipping or something like that. So you, you just had your member month, which is great. Mm-hmm. And you, you chose to have a solo show, right? Cause I'm assuming, assuming you can do whatever you want in your member month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so every cost to that, like, was there wine at your reception or anything like anything like that is coming out of your own pocket? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's your month, um, you, you pay everything out of pocket. So I got cards made and, um, what else did I do? I printed my essays on nice paper and, um, and all my 
framing costs, you know, things yeah. for the actual show. Yeah, I paid out of pocket. Um, I think we just cover vinyl and and I think that's it. What if you sell a piece? Do you does the gallery get a commission? No, there's no commission taken. Oh, that's good. So yeah, if you do sell something, it's it's all yours. That's awesome. And the woman that started it, remind me of her name again? Leslie Friedman. Is she, so she's no longer in it, I'm assuming. Uh, no, she's no longer in it. She moved away for a teaching job. Aww. Yeah. So how old is Napoleon? Um, it is, it's, I'm, I'm kind of blanking on that, but I want to say it's like at least, at least seven or eight years. Seven or eight years. Yeah. How long have you been in it? Uh, four. That's a substantial relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like past the two year mark where you're like, are we going to get serious? I guess we are. <laughs> it really flew by. I was like, whoa. Yeah. So I, I had done, uh, I did one solo show three years ago and I mm-hmm. curated one and then I took a year off um, from doing something. I gave up my month. Oh, why'd you do that? Because um, I got into the, a show at Fox Populi. Oh, that's hilarious. The, it was the same month, and I was like, well, this would be very strange. <laughs> <laughs> what timing. Yeah, so I just like, you know what? It, if, if someone can take this, please do, because I don't want to have two shows up at the same time. That'd yeah. just be weird. Oh, my God. It'd also be stressful. On that's one. so much work. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I did want to ask before we moved on to that, but like you had mentioned once like chores. Like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there's a ton of you. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like I think the thing, I am such a champion of community. Um, we're sitting in the JV collective space, like all these kind of things. But, mm-hmm. you know, with all that comes, you know, the realities of things. Like somebody's got to take out the recycling and somebody has to take out the trash and et cetera. So... What kind of stuff did you guys have to deal with? Yeah, so it's it's there's a there's a lot that goes into running a gallery. Yeah. Um there's the website and kind of social media presence of it and then there's um things like taking out the trash and giving it a coat of paint when it needs it. Um yeah. kind of maintaining the space itself. Um there's also a monthly essay program. So every show that goes up um, we pair a writer with the artist and um, and release an essay on the work. Oh, wow. So that has to get made and edited and all that too. Um, so yeah, and also monthly meetings and gallery sitting. Good Lord. Yeah. So the, the gallery is also open on weekends yeah. from two to six um, and somebody has to sit. So it, it takes, um, yeah, it's like, it's a, I mean, it's not a crazy amount of work, but it'd be like a lot of my mind would be on Napoleon stuff. Yeah. Um, I was the essay editor mm. and um, usually you have like maybe one or two gallery sitting days a month and a lot of email communication as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, I mean, I just imagine you all like voting, like, do you have a treasurer? Do you have a president? Do you have like that kind of stuff? There's a treasurer, um, but there is no kind of, there's no president. Well, yeah, true. It's collective. Yeah. So it, when Leslie was around, she was the founder. So yeah. kind of, she was, it was Had her that baby, air about you know? Her. Yeah. Yeah. Like she really, she put a lot of extra into it just because it was her 
her like her project yeah um but it's it's all um it's kind of like quakers you know it's just (laughs) vote majority and and just um splitting up the duties yeah yeah i was joking because the jv collective we go to germany less than a week Mm -hmm. or something um and there's so much to think about and so many details and i feel like we're working on this project and there's some other things that we've been organizing and coordinating and our strengths are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing them. And I think we, ma- I made a joke. I was like, y'all, we're going to have to vote on like a treasurer soon. Yeah. We, we do. We have so much money, like expenses, just even someone buying light bulbs, you know, like people all need to pay that person back. Right. Um, and so like, does Napoleon have a PayPal account or a bank account? Like, do you guys have taxes you have to pay? There's a bank account. Um, and yeah, all the dues are going in and, and there's an Excel spreadsheet that says like what's going in, what's going out. Yeah. Like if you buy light bulbs and stuff like that. We just started one. I was like, here's this Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no taxes involved. Um, it's not a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, I guess that's right. You're not making any money. Not making any money. Yeah. And it's just small enough that like no one's paying attention no one's no, no one's noticing, <laughs> noticing yeah. anyways um well yeah I mean I just okay well let me ask you this because I think I always focus I, I focus on the positive a lot but like what is something that has been really difficult about being part of a collective with 10 members and all these like projects going on um, I think, I mean, I guess the hardest part is I think what would happen with any group is it can become bureaucratic a little bit. Yeah. Like getting bogged down in the the details of of the maintenance kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's such a great group of people, you know? Yeah. And you get together with nine other amazing artists that are all working on their own stuff in their studios. Mm-hmm. Um and know so much about art and then you're like all right um who's gonna buy trash bags you know? <laughs> <laughs> like who didn't wash out the paintbrushes because now they're unusable <laughs> so yeah so sometimes it's like oh it's all business and we talk about that a lot yeah it's like it'd be really nice to do studio visits and just get to know each other and and have made efforts to do that with like potlucks and and things like that to make the meetings feel less Mm businessy um but i guess that's that's the toughest part it's just that it's actually work and it actually is just like taking care of little business a lot of the time yeah yeah chores and things like that like the not so glamorous side of things right yeah um so you're leaving so yeah four years four years um and it's funny because we had decided to do this interview after i seen napoleon and everything and so Mm -hmm. in that time you've decided to kind of step away i'm assuming it was in the back of your mind anyways right but um why now like why why have you decided to move on well it was um it was something i had been thinking about um because of just the feeling of like i i want my weekends that would be difficult <laughs> i want my weekends back <laughs> um i want to go to brunch and like stay out too late <laughs> be hungover <laughs> well it was so it was kind of because i have a day job you know 
my time is very limited. Yeah. And I was, I was just sort of thinking of like, all right, what do I want to do? Um, and I want to spend more time with my family. Yeah. Um, uh, and because of just like, they're getting a little older and I want to be around and I want to be able to help. Yeah. Um, that's very real. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big one. And also, uh, to just have some time to think about independent projects. Yeah. Kind of like put your energy to something else. Yeah. Like maybe me spearheading or inviting other artists to work with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot because I have a letterpress studio and I have the ability to publish and collaborate. I have equipment that um, is kind of hard to get, you know? So yeah. I want to be more like bringing people in, inviting people in and, and doing things that way. Um, spend yeah. more time with your partner. Yeah. I feel like I'm the only single person in JV collective. Um, they're kind of like my faux relationship. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I text them more than anybody else in my life. I actually talk to them more than anybody. Um, and I would, I think about that, like they all have partners, but, um, yeah, it's, I feel like it would be like a big distraction. Like, have you ever been, has Mike ever been like, ah, I just want to be able to like go somewhere on the weekend with you, but you have the gallery or. Well, he's, I mean, he's always been really supportive of it, but he's just like, whenever you're ready to go, just, (laughs) I'm going to be totally fine with that too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, and the timing was, I am about to leave for two months, um, to go teach. At, at Penland, you're going to how full circle is that? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna go teach concentration. Yeah. Are you teaching bookbinding and letterpress? Yeah, it's gonna oh. be in the letterpress studio. <laughs> cool. What's the name of your class? Experimental editions. Experimental editions. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Just like basic letterpress techniques, like. It's going to be, well, I mean, it's so, Penland is an all-levels environment. Yeah, it is. So it is, every class is a beginning class, yeah. I think, you know. Um, but what I'm going to try to do is, is just teach basic letterpress, but um, to really think about the how to make um, creative content and how to think about the writing side of it and how to think about all the weird experimental things that you can do with a letterpress and oh hey there's a copy machine over there maybe we can play around with that and mix that with letterpress and okay. um, the the goal is going to be to um, for everyone to get basic letterpress skills and a few kind of binding structures and then either work on a um, set of prints as an edition or an artist book that they complete cool yeah I'm so excited for you. Teaching a concentration is a big deal. Yeah, I'm freaking out. Oh my God. I'm teaching like a three-day class and I'm already like, whoa. <laughs> Can't even imagine two months, but yeah. I mean, you're going to kill it. I mean, you're an awesome person. So even if you suck as a teacher, you can just like cover it up with your awesome personality. It's fine. <laughs> oh God. Not Thank helping. You. Sorry. No. <laughs> Um, it's very kind, but that's going to be cool for you to like come back in a different context there. Yeah. I've, I've, I was thinking about like, like I said, I'm very introverted, um, and teaching is like, it's exhausting, but yeah. I'm very comfortable with it because it's kind of like, I have a script, I have a purpose, you yeah. know? So it's, it feels good. And also. I, and I feel like teaching a concentration at Penland or 
it's not like teaching anywhere else. I mean, you're there, every meal you eat is with the students, like you socialize with them too. Um, it's just kind of all jumbled. Like you don't really have yeah. any separation. I'm um, thinking about buying a Super Nintendo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, there's those new ones, yeah. like the little ones or whatever. <laughs> I was thinking about this on the way here. I'm like, I think I'm going to get the mini Super Nintendo and that's going to be my like... Your alone time? Yeah, that's going to be my alone time. Put your do not disturb <laughs> sign up and you're like... And don't even tell people that you have a Super Nintendo because oh. they're all going to be rolling up on your cabin <laughs> being like, hey girl, can I play your... <laughs> don't share. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So that's a pretty cool time to like transition out. Like, hey, I'm going to be gone for two months. Yeah. And it was like... So I... I we had a meeting and I was like, okay, guys. Are they sad? They, I feel like it's like a breakup. It was kind of, yeah. It was a lot of like, oh. Did anybody see it coming oh. or, were you bl- or were they blindsided? <sighs> I hadn't told anybody. Yeah. Um, but it was like, I was, you know, it was like, I, I, I love this group, but it just feels like it's time. It's been four years and... In my head, I was just like, all right, what happens next? Either the cycle just starts over yeah, or um, I can think about doing something else. And it's also such, it's such a great group. It yeah. really is. It's, it's really amazing people and driven people and interesting people. And there was a part of me that also was like, I just want someone else to have the spot. And the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's big of you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, no, I mean, like, thinking about that, like, yeah, yeah someone should else should get to step up and try this out. Yeah, and I, felt, you know, as soon as I was like feeling like not a hundred percent or like ready to move on, yeah, it's like why just why just keep doing it, you know? Yeah. So I felt I felt really good about it, and I I felt like I was leaving at a good time, and. Everyone felt a little sad, I think, and I feel really sad. I, I was, I'm yeah. the one that's more sad. I'm just like, oh, my little social structure, my monthly routine is gone. Yeah, but think about like what else you can do. Yeah, but it's exciting. You can hang out with me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we can go on more dinner dates, go watch Rocky, do all the things. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and like thinking about it, I mean, you've gained so much from it. Just being in that building the kind of network I'm assuming, like the value of being next door to all those galleries. Yeah. Um, have you created a lot of strong connections to those other artists in the building that you think? Yeah, yeah definitely. It was so important. Um, like I said, moving back, feeling like it was hard to get kind of back in the swing of things. Um, just being in that gallery, gallery sitting, people come in and be like, oh, hi, what is this? What's this show? Who are you? Um, mm-hmm. And I just met so many artists and curators and 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 writers and other people that way um so i feel like it it helped so much in kind of building a network um and also just the members themselves yeah um and i'm actually kind of excited to (laughs) like just get to know them more as friends now like i will be calling them for coffee and stuff like that (laughs) yeah and just showing up at the openings and hanging out yeah. Um, cause like sometimes when you're, a f- you have a friend and you start working together, it's, you hang out a little bit less. Yeah. Cause you oh, work yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to kind of rebuilding the friendships. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that, you know, you graduated and you've consistently moved forward with 
like learning and being eager to gain new skills and whatnot. Um, for me, I would be afraid of losing some s- momentum mm-hmm. necessarily because you don't have that month coming up or right. that gallery show. Is there any kind of fear in your mind? Like, are you going to lose momentum because of this? Um, definitely a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was exactly the, that word momentum is really important to me and yeah. like always feeling like you're kind of working on something. But um, I feel like I'm I'm ready, though, for to kind of hide a little bit in the studio and and work on more long term projects. And I really want to focus more on writing. Yeah writing criticism and also writing material for artist books. Um, So I think it's going to be good. And I'm already like, I'm already dipping toes in like other organizations. That's exciting. So yeah, like I'm going to be writing an essay in November. So I'm like, okay, that's something I know I'm going to be doing and Mm -hmm. can kind of look forward to. Yeah. And I also hope, I mean, I hope when you come back from that two-month concentration that you just take some time to not do anything. Yeah, I would also like to do that. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we never talk about that, too. Like, I hope you do lose a little momentum and just chill. Yeah, take some walks. Yeah, take some walks. Maybe go to the Jersey Shore. I hear it's nice in the summertime. (laughs) Um, Or travel and, I don't know, just, like, have lazy weekends and whatnot. Yeah, that would be good. My dad actually was like, you need to relax on the weekends. I'm like, dad, I know. (laughs) I'm totally on board. (laughs) You're like, dad, I'm working on it. I mean, I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm definitely trying to, like, take steps to do that. So. Yeah. Like, just have one day. (laughs) Just have a day where, like, you don't care if you do anything productive. What would that be like? Yeah. Or you just go, like, vintage shopping like clothes shopping I haven't done that in weeks and, oh yeah no actually like months and it takes time and it bums me out that I haven't gone shopping in a while that's so. that's my jam that's my like favorite relaxing thing to do thrifting. Yeah. oh my gosh right because a it takes time you can't just like if I'm ever with a friend's like okay but we, let's just go for like an hour I have somewhere to be I'm like nope you're not coming with me because you can't you have to walk into a thrift store and realize that you're probably going to be there much longer than you think yeah and it, there's that like you don't know what you're going to find or like what you're going to walk away with oh yeah it's I like a surprise it. every time it's the best um and you like records I feel like we talked about yeah. that you collect records records books like old kitchen stuff yeah I will buy the ugliest brownest mugs every time oh girl (laughs) (laughs) I'm a cup snob so I'm not gonna say anything (laughs) um that's amazing yeah well overall um it sounds like the experience with Napoleon has been pretty incredible yeah absolutely it was really good and and four years was um like I was talking to some people that I was like, you should apply and or people that were interested. Yeah. I was like, you know, um, do it for two years to get the most out of it. Oh, that's important. Like work through that first year. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not what you expect, but give it at least like two years. Yeah. To kind of get into the groove. Yeah. Because if you just kind of dip in, dip out, I don't think you get everything that you can out of it. Yeah. Um, and also you don't give back what you you should give back. That's true. Because a lot of it is sort of, it's sort of service too, you know? Yeah. Like just kind of working for other people's exhibitions and 
and art. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think I had a, a very good serving of it. <laughs> yeah. You feel served. <laughs> um, so what's coming up for Napoleon? Like, um, let's see. Your episode is going to air real quick, actually, mm-hmm. just like a week. So um, March, what's happening in March? So March, there is a show that's titled um, Signal Boost. Okay. And it's opening um, Friday, March 2nd, I believe. That's first Friday. Okay. Um so yeah, there's openings every first Friday. Which you guys, if you're in Philadelphia or in the greater area, go. It was so cool. And it's then when fun. you're done, walk down the block to the Trestle Inn and have a fancy cocktail. <laughs> yeah. Which is what we did. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's beer. There's it's like kind of like a party atmosphere on first Fridays. Mm-hmm. And you get to see a ton of art in one building. Yeah. Um, but it, this is a photo show. It's um, three artists. It's co-curated by a um, former member whose name is Jordan Rockford. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is connected to the Society for Photographic Education Conference that's also in town. Um, oh, I had a friend. <laughs> Remember that episode where I met a photographer on oh, Tinder? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've listened to all the episodes. He called me and was like, hey, what's up? I, th- I might be coming to this conference. Can I sleep on your couch? <laughs> nice. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> We're forever friends now. That's awesome. Um, so that's cool. So it's kind of in conjunction with the conference. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, exciting. Yeah. So you guys stay relevant to what's happening in Philadelphia as well, or at least you try to. Yeah, well, sometimes that. it's um, it's connected to something that is happening. Like if, if there's a big conference... Um, or, or we've done like gallery exchanges also we've oh. with collectives in different places like in different cities mm-hmm. oh that's cool yeah which is really fun so we do like a swap yeah and we did that with soil in um seattle i know soil yeah yeah which was really really great and um the show they put up with our collective was so beautiful and mm-hmm. and coop in nashville oh um, i've never heard of that one that's cool yeah so those are really fun too. Um, where can people, do you have somebody, do you have one member that runs all your social media and stuff or is it kind of like all you doing whatever you got to do? Mm, it's, it's a couple people. Yeah. yeah. But there's, <laughs> it takes a village for social media, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, but there's a website, it's napoleonnapoleon.com. Okay. Um, and it's also on Instagram. I think it's napoleon underscore Philadelphia. Yeah, I think it is because yeah. I follow you guys. Um, and also Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So we're kind of all over there too. And I'll put all that information in the description of the podcast so <laughs> nice. people can be real lazy and not go that far to find you. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing so much about that collective space. Yeah, thank you. It's cool. I'm kind of sad. I mean, first Friday's coming up, but I leave two days later for Germany, so I, I'm going to miss it. But um the next first Friday, I guess that'd be April. Mm-hmm. I am definitely going to go and just plan to spend my whole night in that building um, because you really could spend the whole night oh, yeah. there. There's like a different party in every room. You guys, if you live in Philadelphia, go. It's really cool. <laughs> and you'll see me there <laughs> walking down the staircase like right up against the wall because I'm afraid I'm going to fall to my death. Um, 
But thanks for coming on, Marianne. Yeah, thanks. I, um, this was really fun. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about it for a little while, so I'm happy <laughs> we finally got you on the podcast. Yeah, um, I love it. I listen to so many podcasts while I'm working, so. Yeah. Yeah. It it's great. good, right? I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. We're artists, like moving with our hands. We just have, we can only listen. We can't watch, so. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, everyone, this has been another episode of Perceived Value, the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists. Until next time, bye. Perceived Value is a podcast recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as at Perceived Value. Stream us directly from our website at perceivedvaluedpodcast.com or listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Just don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for listening.